walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Hooey. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I am your host, Kyle, also known as the hardest part of the ring. How's everybody doing today? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably a little better now that Joel Boy Hard is in your ears. And, uh, or worse, you know, probably worse. If you're watching on YouTube, you might be asking yourself, Hardest part of the ring? Why the fuck are you wearing a Christmas sweater in March? And my answer to you would be to mind your own goddamn business. TNA Victory Road. 2006 is the show we are going to be recapping today. Very TNA. It's just I, I could I could run you down the show. I could tell you what what you're expecting to see, but you know what you know what to expect. You 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 expect to see dusty finishes, stupid storylines, some great wrestling, some awful wrestling. This show gives you all of the. Beautiful, beautiful TNA isms that you could possibly ask for. Kind of a kind of a big show here because we get, for one, a lot of seeds getting planted for future happenings, and also we get a lot of um, no, no, whatever, whatever, whatever the opposite of planting seeds is. What would that be? Uh, composting, uh, fucking crops. Uh, I don't know. We get the beginnings of things. And we also see the end of certain things. We see the beginning of the new naturals with Shane Douglas. But we also see the end, unfortunately, of Team Canada. Uh, we see the beginning of Senshi's, a.k.a. Low-Key. We get to see the beginning, the beginning of the build of his X-Division title reign. But we also get to see the demise of... Fixtures of TNA, notably uh, AMW, America's Most Wanted. We kind of see the beginning of the end for them as a tag team. We also were kind of winding down on Monty Brown, as much as I hate to say it. We're really starting to see him fall into kind of a... I mean, we'll get into it, but not the same Monty Brown that was here, uh, I don't know, a year ago. So we also get to see, you know, LAX kind of make a name for themselves because they've been prominent on TV, not so much in the ring, more so kind of as characters, but we see them in a tag team match, which kind of kickstarts their momentum going forward. And uh, But we also get to see the end of Larry Zabisco's hair, kind of. 
uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, the show kind of is centered around uh, the main events, which will determine who faces the NWA champion, Jeff Jarrett at hard justice. So a lot to get into, but Hey, you hear me talking about all this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waxing poetic on like how Monty Brown was way more awesome a year ago, how AMW used to be a big deal team Canada. But Hey, it doesn't have to end for you listener. Cause you know what, you know why? Because I started reviewing these shows Starting back to Victory Road at 2004 and every show thereafter I have covered. So if you would like to hear me recap that, I suggest you go to apronbump.com and uh, you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can filter because I cover a, a, a litany, a, a potpourri of promotions, of eras, wrestling companies. You can select any promotion you would like and you could even select tits and ass wrestling. And that'll bring you to all of the TNA reviews I've done in chronological order, starting, like I said, from uh, two years before this. So go check that out. Binge away and uh, check out all of my other episodes, of course, as well. And apron bump on uh, all the social medias. I always forget to plug that because I'm uh, stupid, I guess. Uh, but it's not just me. You, you know the deal. You know how the apron bump works. It's not just me today. I brought on a very special guest. Suplex from uh, Suplex City, I guess, is where he's from. Uh, S-O-O-P-L-E-X, if you're not familiar with him. Uh, he's very prominent on uh, the TikToks, Instagram, uh, yeah, Twitter, all that stuff. Does a lot of great short form content as well as some longer form stuff. He does live streams and things like that on YouTube. Um, does a lot of stuff. Does uh, the Suplex fella. So go check him out at Suplex. I'll put all of that in the description as well. He's a great follow on social media all across the board. And uh, we have a good old time talking some TNA here. It was his first show, I believe, that he had ever uh, watched from start to finish from TNA. So uh, get into that. And uh, let's get into some TNA, folks. Why don't we? TNA Victory Road 2006 with myself and Suplex. Oh, and uh, my headphones are broken. So it should be like this, but it's going to be like this because <laughs> someone stepped on them. It looks oh, so shit. stupid. I don't know if that was like I the really style. I really wish my or... camera could face the other way. <laughs> no, it is not a style. It is it is broken. Here for break-ins <laughs> or broken. something? I don't know. I wasn't going to question it. but uh... nah, I wish I could actually just do like this. I'm, I Maybe mean, I could hold it like this, but not forever. Right. My yeah. hand would just get tired. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'll, I'll put a emoji or something over it if you need me to. You don't got to do all that. That's fine. <laughs> it adds I'll just to look it. like a goofball. Hey man, it takes away from me looking like a goofball at all times. So <laughs> I'm a content creator. I'm used to looking like a goofball anyway, so I'll be fine. That, that's how you that's how you do it, man. That's a, nobody wants to see somebody normal. It's boring as shit. Posting your embarrassing moments is what goes viral, honestly. My favorite moments podcasting are like just not embarrassing moments, but like if somebody makes a bad joke and we like shit on them or something. Like, like that's like that kind of stuff. Like car crash kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, TNA, TNA uh, has a lot of those uh, kind of car crash moments and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, so you got to check out Victory Road 06. I did. So it's it's really funny because 
back in the day, in like the late 2000s, I was actually a TNA Impact wrestling fan. Believe it or not, mm. I actually watched TNA Impact cross the line from 07 to like, I want to say maybe 2011. I watched it for a good like three, four years on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, I never watched TNA before that point. I mean, I've right. seen some matches, but never like watched the watched it. And also, this is my first ever like TNA cross the line pay per view. I've never seen one up until this point. Really? So you just watched like the impacts never. and stuff? Just the impact. I couldn't afford it. I was young. I was when my I was eye. watching Impact Wrestling. I was like maybe ten. Mm-hmm. So I my parents wouldn't buy it, and I wasn't that deeply invested into the product to ask <laughs> right. them. So it's like okay, I'll just watch the shows. Whatever happens, I'll just catch up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think as a kid, because I mean, I, I think we're probably the same age. I was pretty young when this was happening. And um, how old are you? I'm 20. I'm about to turn 30 in a couple days. Oh, 25. Man, we're, well, we're around I, the same age. <laughs> I'm used to everybody being older than me somehow, but <laughs> it is what it is. I'll be the senior today, I guess. It's all right. I've been meeting a lot of 30 year olds lately, and it's it's perfectly fine. You're hey, right. I'm not 30 yet. Don't eyes. don't put me under that umbrella yet. No. I'm not 30. <laughs> Still, my bad. 20 something. Let me correct myself. 20 something. <laughs> I'm in my 20s. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it was as a kid, it was hard to justify to my parents, like, hey, because like WWE or WWF or whatever it was, they're like, oh, that's the big wrestling thing. I'll I guess I'll pay for that for you. But I'm like, hey, exactly. can you pay for this T- T- TNA show. Of course, they think it's like tits and ass or something. So they're like, no, you're not watching that. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, for me, like th- this is like the period here, like mid late 06 is when I like I started stumbling upon it. I, I wasn't like fully into it, but I was I would like catch it whenever I caught it on TV. If I was like flipping through the channels, um, yeah, so I'm sure semi familiar with this era, but there's still some stuff that I was not. But um, as far as the show overall, I mean, we'll get into all the matches individually and stuff like that. But overall, thoughts on on the show? I enjoyed it. I will say this was this felt like an entirely different programming from the TNA I watched growing up. It's like the wrestlers were there, but they were they're almost all different characters. Gil Kim was not mm-hmm. like that fighting warrior. She was Gil Kim. I was very shocked by the shit she was doing on this show. This is a ballet. Um, Basically, Gail Kim was doing different stuff. Chris Saban and Alex Shelley were on opposing sides. I was right. mind blown to see <laughs> that. I'm like, wait a minute. You split up the Motor City? I'm like, maybe they haven't united yet. I don't know. I, right. I know nothing from 06 TNA. Then there's no beer money. Robert Roode's in like Team Canada. And then James Storm is in America's Most Wanted or something. I'm like, what is going on? What is this? <laughs> What is this show? Right. So it was very interesting to see all these like people that I know doing different roles. So in that matter, I thought it was very intriguing. Uh, mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, I would say it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because like I would say this era because I watched TNA up until like, I don't know, 2011, 2010, kind of similar to you. Um, I would say this era is arguably one of the best. I mean, because the X Division's awesome at this point. I mean, I we're, hear we're that just, very a lot. Because this is like right off the heels off of AJ and Joe and Daniels. They would have all sorts of matches against each other. They like kind of held a monopoly on the X Division for a while. But we're kind of getting away with that or getting away from that on this show. Um, the main event scene, I mean, like people are starting to come in, but we're not super heavy on like everybody from WWE coming in yet. But there's there, there's a few of them. Yeah, you haven't there's gotten into main event mafia yet. Not main event <laughs> mafia yet. Not <laughs> quite. Um, but yeah. 
<laughs> man, who's who's your favorite member of Man Event Mafia, and why is it Tito Ortiz? Oh, you know, <laughs> was he in it? No, it was Rampage. I was in it. Yeah, Rampage. Tito was the one they were feuding with. Right. Who could forget? They had that one match that was like really bad. I remember that happening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I hate to be that guy, but it was Kurt Angle. <laughs> it was Kurt yeah. Angle's one. Which I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, the guy was out there just fucking diving off of every goddamn thing. Like, I, it, it's impossible to hate Kurt Angle in his TNA run. I'm sorry. I was very, very disappointed to not see him wrestle on the show. Do you think, yeah, yeah, where Kurt Angle debuts here in like, is like like three months or so. So we're almost there. Yeah. But um, would you say Kurt Angle's TNA run was better than his WWE run? Well, it depends. If we're talking about the early half or the latter half. The latter half, that's an instant. Yes, got, you got to take it all into account. In their right mind is going to talk about how, oh, Kurt Angle's general manager run on Raw in 2016 <laughs> really did a number on his 2000s. Like, no one's going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody in their right mind would say that. So, obviously, yes, it's better than his latter half run. But if we're talking about his, like, run from, like, 98 to, like, 2000 and even 2001, mm-hmm. not counting, like, the time he was in WWE, CW, and and ladder SmackDown, like it's really hard. It's really debatable. I think even just with the attitude era, Kurt Angle, and just mm-hmm. the comedy he brings, and just he was so multi talented. He was like his own wrestler. He was mm-hmm. the standout of all the characters in the Attitude Era: The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Like all the Kurt Angle stood out the most. He wrestled sure. differently. He spoke differently. He he was just he was just that guy. So I feel like for that alone, it's like by the time we got the TNA Kurt Angle, he incorporated some different elements. He tried doing a little MMA in the very mm. very beginning, and then kind of stopped doing that. But I just feel like it's it's hard to beat the original. So I would have to say WWE version was just a smidgen better than the TNA version. Just a yeah, yeah, that's fair. I would say his best stuff was in WWE, but he was in TNA for like. I think he was in TNA for longer than he was in WWE, and it was like he was pretty in TNA consistently for a really good. Really long stretch. He was 06 to like what? Oh, like 2015, really? I think something like that. I mean, the last few years it was like, all right, Kurt, you need to, you're not taking quite enough perks, time. I guess. But uh, yeah, and they must have been paying him really well. Hey, man, whatever, whatever it takes. They got to pay you a lot to do a moonsault off a cage on the Mister Kennedy. So, oh yeah, for sure. But no Kurt Angle on this show. Unfortunately, but there's a lot of good stuff uh, to talk about as well. Um, so yeah, this show, Victory Road. So they're kind of building towards Bound for Glory in October. And I believe this show is in Ju- July, I believe. Um, so it's still a few months away, but they're definitely planting some seeds for certain things, particularly in the main event. Um, but this show is kind of centered around the main event, which is a fatal four way. And it's a number one contendership match to face Jeff Jarrett the current NWA champion who is not on the show. Um, but that's the main event here. And then we got other title matches and stuff like that. So I thought there was a pretty good variety on the show um, as far as oh, match no, types, different characters, stuff like that. And um, some character, some uh, storyline beats that we'll get into. But uh, with that, might as well uh, just dive right into it with the naturals, the newly. So this is the re-debut of the Naturals. So I don't know if you're familiar with them. They were really big in the early, early days of TNA, like the first few years. Um, Not that familiar. I knew one of them was like Sean O'Hare, but like I didn't know who the other guy was. Uh, he was not Sean O'Hare. He did, he did look like. Oh him. wait, I got him confused. Who, who was the guy? Um, so it's Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. I believe. I don't know if they've had other characters. They're pretty much that just known for the Naturals. Like Sean O'Hare. 
<laughs> it was like kind of a smaller Sean O'Hare. I think was Sean O'Hare alive at this point? I thought that I was know. him. I'm not gonna lie. Man, I should. Because in the very you... beginning when I was watching this show, I was kind of like in and out, like uh, so. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was Sean O'Hare. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a fire start to the show, but it was. Um, no, not really. The Naturals they they were they had a huge run as a tag team in the early days, and they kind of lost steam. They actually uh, so their manager for a while was Chris Candido. Um, and then he mm. passed away while he was their manager. So that kind of put them in a weird position. And then they kind of faded away for a little bit. Um, but now they're back with a new manager and Shane Douglas, the mm. franchise. So this that, is that the, surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, this is I, I distinctly remember seeing this like um, Shane Douglas and the Naturals, like when I first saw TNA. Um, but uh, yeah, so the newly franchised Naturals. Are out here. They kind of have a new look. Not really. Their sh- their hair is a little shorter, and they have you know a mean mug on them, I guess. But uh... listen, I <laughs> when they first came out, I knew it was in the mid two thousands just by Ooh. the hair. They had the little chain around the neck. I'm like, yep, I know exactly <laughs> what time period this is. This is that post Y two K era hair we got going on here. I'm like, okay. Ooh. Man, we got a lot of that on this show. Lots of puka shell necklaces, <laughs> some French, not French tips. Uh, what do you call it when you have blonde tips? Just blonde tips, highlights, you know. Um, I feel like the older I've gotten, the easier I am to identify like the time periods just by looking at people. Do you have blonde tips as a kid? I never had blonde tips. I had blonde hair for like a period of time in my very yeah. early 20s, but not tips. Right. It, you know what? Technically, it was tips once the hair, once the color started to fade, because you know it fades from the roots down to the tips. So that counts. Technically, but it wasn't intentional. We all have a boy band era. It's okay. It's okay to own it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Time is coming. But <laughs> so uh, you're familiar with the. You have to be familiar with the Diamonds in the Rough, right? The team of David Young and Elix Skipper. Yeah. 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 Fairly. Fairly. What's what, What's your favorite match of all time from uh, the, the Diamonds in the Rough? The one we just saw here. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's how familiar I am with them. The one yeah, we just no, saw here, which was not even anything to brag about. They're, they're, a, they're a jobber tag team, for sure. Um, so they're, they're pretty much just here to uh, allow the Naturals to get some shine here. So although... Well, at least that's what I thought, at least. But this match felt really 50-50 when I thought it was going to be a squash because they're building up. It, it okay, was, the Naturals actually. are back. The Naturals, they have Shane Douglas. They have a new look. They have a new attitude. And then it's just like... They can barely beat this jobber tag team, but um, well, I guess you know that they have to, you know, fight from underneath and be the they? old the underdog babyface. Maybe ah, uh, there's another match that drove me crazy, um, in terms of that. But we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> but as far as this match goes, um, I mean, the Naturals end up winning uh, finally with a. I really liked their tag team move. That was really cool. Like that. Um, yeah. What was it called? Demoli- was it demolition or was it? Um, Lod that Road Warriors. LOD, LOD, that did the uh, move, except he did the dropkick instead of the lariat. I like that move a lot. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the, the doomsday device. DOA. DOA. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, DOA actually did appear in TNA for a little bit for a quick spin, Yeah, but, it, but uh, it, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any thoughts on this match? It was kind of a standard opener, you know, just kind of just to highlight the naturals, I thought. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was a, a fairly uh, decent tag team match. It, it's it's hard to get into a match when you don't know anybody at all. Like I said, I thought I knew one of the people, and mm-hmm. it turns out it wasn't actually them. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, like right. I said, I like the tag team finisher. The finish was fine. Shane Douglas being in here, that was pretty cool. Seemed like there was some uh, dissension at the very end when he was scolding right. them. And don't know what's going on there, and I don't know what happens. But if I was watching then, I'd be interested to know what happens after. For sure. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, Shane Douglas, he like introduces the naturals. They come out and then Shane leaves. And then once they win, he comes back out and he's like yelling at them for some reason. I guess maybe he thought they should have been more dominant. Like maybe he has a bipolar gimmick. I don't know. I thought that was very strange. That's something. That's something. We'll we'll, we'll review that (laughs) and uh, I'll keep you updated as as I keep as I continue watching these. (laughs) But um, after that. We go uh, we go backstage to Jeremy Borash interviewing Christian Cage. Ah, I miss that man so much. And uh, Christian says that the old Christian is back. Yes, yes. And uh, Christian. Christian! Christian! <laughs> I missed that theme song. He should have brought it's that not, over It's not quite his heel work right now, but you know, he, 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 he's very young at this point. So. Right. Well, at this point, he's kind of uh, transitioning because he came into TNA as a uh, a babyface, and now he's like starting to kind of transition into that heel realm. But he's not fully there yet. Um, but uh, he's kind of just running down all of this because the main event it's going to be him, Christian versus Samoa Joe versus Sting versus Scott Steiner, and then we have a bunch of promos throughout the show. Where is this fresh off his act in WWE when he was teaming with Tomko, or was there like a a little bridge between '05 <laughs> and '06 for him? Um, so he, he's not teaming with Tomko yet, but I think that's soon. Well, no, in WWE, um, he was, um, I know he did here with, but did he? like how far, how far moved are we? For, yeah, there, he was, there was Tomko in WWE. I don't think it was for long, right? but there was, de- I definitely remember seeing Tomko in a WWE ring with Christian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, now that you mentioned I, it. I yeah. Swear, let me look at it. I swear to God, I'm almost certain <laughs> Tomko was in WWE. I swear to God. Do Hold that. on. I'm, I feel like he faced John Cena at one point. Or maybe I'm losing no, my no, mind. No, Tomko here. definitely I was in WWE. I, 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 f- I forgot. He was definitely in WWE. He was with Christian. I remember that. Yep, he pinned John Cena. I knew it. I'm like, I remember him facing John Cena. <laughs> so yes, he was in WWE for a while. That was going to lose my mind if he wasn't. <laughs> now, I remember Tomko. Didn't he like team with Snitsky or something in WWE too? Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> that that that's what that's my vision. They were trying to do something with Tomko, like towards the end there, and then they were like, "Ah, eh, never mind." <laughs> um, is that is that me talking, or is that something else in the background? That okay, was sorry. me. I, I'm uploading a video to Instagram <laughs> as we speak. See now I can't see you. You could just be naked for all I know, and that, so now it's just you know it could me be. Off. Hey, whatever makes you happy. I mean, I, I mean to be fair, I could I could have had no pants on this entire time. You would have ever known. Yeah, so that would expose your horn. But speaking of horns, rhinos have horns, right? So we got Rhino versus Monty Brown next. And uh, <laughs> your so segue was, is very seamless. I you mean, it's been doing the, this a while. It's something like that. Something like that. Um, but is, is, so is this your first? How, how much of Monty Brown have you seen? 
I've seen a good portion of Monty Brown in WWE CW as Marcus Corvon. So Ooh. I was very excited to see Monty Brown on this show. It's called me I've smooth. seen a bunch of clips from him in TNA. I've seen a bunch of clips from him in TNA. So I was, <laughs> was very excited impression. for this. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed by the match, but well, lack there of a match. But right, yeah, say lovey, say lovey. This is kind of Monty's uh, down slope in TNA. I think he'll be in ECW within a matter of months from this point. His entrance went super hard, though. I fucked with it, Abby. Who the pyro, the uh, the music, the the way that just do listen, just the just the opening shot of him like emerging from the back. It, doing that big like walk with the smoke and everything, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's tough. That's some yeah. Mark Henry shit right there. I fuck with it, dude. Yeah, Monty Brown is always that guy. That's like he he should have been so much bigger than he was. He should have oh, really been just so charismatic. Although that, I, I mean, I guess that couldn't really come off in this match because, like you said, it wasn't really a match. It was more of just like I a, was getting heavy Bobby Lassie vibes when he came out. I'm like, you know what? This guy definitely could have been like a Bobby Lassie of that generation that they really did something with him. Yeah, almost more of a yeah, I guess Bobby Lashley esque a little bit of that, a little bit of Goldberg in him, just really like chaotic and just like runs like the pounce is his finisher, obviously, and that's just him love running it. into somebody really hard. It's just loved him. See, in SmackDown versus Raw 2008, I loved playing as Marcus Corvon specifically to do the pounce. Ooh, dude, yeah, it was he. It's it's shit. It's like in on paper, the move sounds stupid. Like what? I'm just gonna do a shoulder block to the side, but it always just looks so devastating. Um, especially when he does it to a referee, <laughs> which is what happened. In when this he case. does it so, to someone smaller who does a little jump up and he can just like throw them, it's like holy shit. A little jump up. He, the guy doesn't jump up. He gets pounced. No, no. I mean, like when the opponent like does a little like they don't like jump up, but they kind of yeah. like get on their toes so that way they can kind of prance, prance. Mm. It, it gives him more, more more momentum when they're like when he's tossing them or pouncing right. on them. I guess it's it's a science. It's a science. Uh, it's a message <laughs> to the madness. Put it that way. Yeah, this match is happening. There's not a whole lot of uh, story to it, other than I guess it's an an alpha male versus a rhino with the Serengeti. I don't know. There, there, there's a story there somewhere. I guess. Um, I was but, cracking uh, up at Rhino's <laughs> opening promo and him talking about, yeah, you know, I'm so happy to be here at TNA where they don't have me reading scripts. I'm like, oh, man, here we go with this WWE <sighs> hold me back bullshit we hear so from every wrestler that leaves WWE. I'm like, oh, man, even in 2006, we were hearing about this shit. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. The Dudleys are always going off about it. Christian is, too. This one's actually very interesting because so this time period is when WWE ECW is starting. I think it started like the previous month or maybe even this month. So there's a lot of um, and we'll see this in the later uh, like hardcore match later. There's a lot of like resentment from the ECW alumni that are in TNA that WWE is trying to do an ECW without them and that they're doing ECW dirty, I guess, because it, 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 what it ended up being NXT. It wasn't ECW at all. But um, Rhino is a part of that. And I guess his contract in TNA, I don't know if this is real or not, or if it was a storyline, but I guess Rhino's contract in TNA was coming to an end, and WWE was sending out offers to him. And I guess Rhino declined WWE's offer and chose to stay with TNA. So that was kind of why he was bringing up like, oh, WWE, they want me back now. No, I'm going to be here in TNA. He's like, okay, Rhino. Uh, (laughs) He did a whole segment on Impact where he had like a, a bag that allegedly had the ECW championship in it because he was the last ECW world champion. And uh, 
right. So it might have been. Who knows? But Rhino had it in this bag, and he was like, "This is the last semblance of the real ECW." Then he goes out and sticks it in a barrel and burns it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I'm gonna I guess. say these backstage TNA. There were some. There were some good production in these like promo packages. They actually filled me in on what's going on. I'm like, the yeah. production of this show. I'll give them that. This had really good show production. I enjoyed the production of the show a lot. Yeah. Yeah, T- TNA always hit. I mean, they're like, especially like they're like uh, opening packages. They're always like so dramatic and so well done. Uh, maybe not quite WWE level, but in some ways they're a little bit better, oh, no. I guess. In some ways, in some ways. Um, it does feel different <laughs> from the WWE product at the time, which is always a plus. Yes, they're the alternative after all, I guess. Yes. Six sides, six sides to AEW the ring. before AEW, right? Something like that. Something like that. They get they get, they get compared all the time. Do do you think t- back then TNA and like current day AEW? Do you think there's any parallels there? Well, I mean, I remember one point in time where TNA actually beat WWE a couple times. I don't think AEW's ever beat WWE like Raw or SmackDown in the ratings. So, well, Did you know what? Them? They have beat SmackDown in the ratings a couple times when SmackDown was on FS2. But like. Mm. It, I mean, like, I feel like you could kind of compare it. Like, when people compare, oh, this is the Monday Night Roars, I'm like, eh, this feels like TNA and WWE. No. Like <laughs> to me. That's what it it's, feels like to me, honestly. Yeah. No, it's definitely more similar to that, for I sure. Mean, I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. AEW Revolution, I don't know when this podcast is going up, but AEW Revolution is this Sunday, and I mm-hmm. was more excited to watch this show than I was to watch <laughs> Dude, you said... I- I very often I'm, I'm I'm kind of bad with keeping up with the current product nowadays. I mostly honestly like keep up with it through Twitter and shit like that. But um, it'll be like a Monday night. It'll be eight o'clock. It's like, oh, Raw's about to come on. Or I could watch an impact from 2006. And I usually choose impact. <laughs> so <laughs> be it what it is. I mean, I don't know. Uh, so you're like an impact historian, huh? I wouldn't say that. Um, I probably know way too much about 2006 TNA uh, for anybody's own good. But I guess it is what it is. I mean, when you have matches like Monty Brown versus Rhino, could you really blame me? Exactly, right? <laughs> well, like like we said, it wasn't really a match. It was they come out, they brawl in the aisleway, they brawl around the ring and the crowds. Um, in the they ring. Blue ball does, put it that way. The ref, his balls exploded because he got Oh, my pounced. God. The referee, man, I hope he got a real <laughs> fat paycheck for taking a goddamn gore. And a pounce. Unwarranted, unprovoked. The dude didn't deserve it. He ain't do nothing but his damn job. And he got hurt because of it. So I hope Buddy got paid for this show. That's all I know. Dude, that, that bump he took after that pounce, when he went like face first into the middle rope, was <laughs> absolutely gnarly. But So yeah, absolutely. I hope this, this hazard pay, something. Um, But they brought it to the Better back. A bonus or something. <laughs> it's ultimately a DQ finish. I guess they're building up to a future match. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. What were, what were your thoughts on this whole deal? Well, like I said in the beginning, I feel like I got blue balled. I was really excited for this meeting. And then as soon as the brawl started outside of the ring, I instantly knew. I'm like, this is not going to be an actual match. They got into the ring, did some stuff. They went back outside the ring and they brought it to the crowd. And that was it. I, like, yeah. it was a nice meeting. It was a nice meeting of the two. Put a nice hello. Way. I can't say it's a nice match because... It wasn't a match, but it was a nice meeting. You know, it's a nice tongue coder. I felt like if you were really watching TNA at the time, it, it could definitely, like,
like you can either be really upset that you didn't have to get the match or you could be like, okay, this is building up to the next time they face off and be excited. So it can go either way if you're watching a product at the time, watching it in retrospect, it's like, eh, wish they would add to yeah. just fucking done the match. Kind of like when I'm, I attended Raw 30 and they advertised Becky Lynch versus Bailey <laughs> in a steel cage match, and the steel cage match never fucking happened. But they made sure to do it two weeks later on episode of Raw. That wasn't in Philadelphia, so, but that's besides the point. They said, hey, Suplex is here. Fuck that guy. Let's not give him this Let's cage match. That's what they exactly, said. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, after that, we get an actual match. We get a tag team match. We got LAX, the team of... Hey! You big LAX guy? When, when I was watching TNA, I actually did mess with LAX a lot. Back when Ooh. they had Hector Guerrero, Fernando, no, Hernandez. Fernando. Hector Guerrero no, he's Fernando. As manager. It's Fernandez or Hernandez? I think it's Hernandez. Hernandez. No, it's, it is Hernandez. Um, it is Hernandez? All right. Hernandez, yeah. Homicide. Uh, hold on. They had the two girls, Sarita and Rosita, and Rosita is Elena Vega now. So that's how yeah. I knew Elena Vega before WWE. I was kind. Of, I'll tell you, man, when she came into WWE NXT, I was like, "Is that fucking Rosita from TNA Impact?" I'm like, "Let's fucking go, let's go." Where's Sarita at? And I'm I'm shocked Sarita never came to WWE, or maybe she did under a different name, and I never knew. But yeah, I, think, no, I was a big LAX fan back in the day. I think Sarita did. Maybe I don't know. I could be getting her. I used to else. always, I used to always tell my dad, "Yo, that's that's Eddie Guerrero's dad," and he used to believe me. I used to be bullshitting all the time. <laughs> Who, uh, Hector? <laughs> Hector Guerrero. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely Eddie's dad. <laughs> Who is? Is he his uncle? I have no clue. Let me see. He, I Are know we, he's got to be related, related in some way to be using a name. But uh, I would just say, like, ah, oh, that's that's Eddie. Oh, he's Eddie's brother. Okay. Okay. I know he looked like he looked like Eddie. I looked exactly like Eddie. He looked just like Eddie. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Eddie's dad. And my dad believed me. It kind of sounds like him, too. I mean, I believe you. I mean, when you said that there, I was like, are we sure he's not his dad? But um, <laughs> and so the LAX, uh, pretty pretty new at this point. They uh, just became a faction. They got their own, bro. They got their own announcer and their own special entrance. They felt like a big deal. Bro. I'm like, all right, all right. That entranceway with the uh, the the uh, the Mexican flag curtain, that's like the brick wall. It's very like ECW esque. The, the entranceway is like to the side of the tunnels. Oh, that was really cool. I, I love the presentation of these guys. Um, but uh, the backstory kind of so Conan, Conan and Ron Killings were in a faction for uh, a mm. few years actually, and there, there's a whole drama behind that. We don't need to get into it, but. Uh, Conan's basically like, hey, truth, look, you're getting held back because you're black. You should join us. And I guess that's kind of the why this match is happening and why Sanjay, I guess Sanjay's there because he's Indian. So I guess LAX is like, hey, this this company is keeping you down because you're not white. So it was very interesting. <laughs> cause like this is like during like the whole there's a lot of like stuff with the border and, you know, immigration and stuff like that during this time period. So it's kind of that's kind of the foundation of their gimmick. What, what, what did you think of them bringing like real life politics into their gimmick? You know, I mean, at the time, you know, politics and what world views and all that kind of stuff was not as I don't want to say foreign, but not as touchy as it is today. So I didn't yeah. mind it at all. You know, it adds a bit of realism to the product, which we can't really do nowadays because people get offended by anything. And, and you know, in 2005, 
they're still hot off of 9-11. So I'm actually shocked there was no Middle Eastern person on the show that was doing a, like doing some like type of gesture of being a heel like like uh, Muhammad Hassan in WWE or something. So. Cause you know that's all they did back in like the late, the early two thousands at the nine eleven. So so Sean Davari would end up coming to TNA. Do you remember? Do you remember Davari's run in TNA? I remember his run in WWE. I don't really remember his run in TNA. I remember he was in a- TNA, but by the time I started watching him, it was like two thousand nine. Yeah, his uh, his theme song starts with a plane crash. Which is uh yeah. No not a plane crash, that's horrible. It's it's literally <laughs> like holy shit, we're really on the nose, huh, with this. No. Oh my god. So uh yeah, they wouldn't be above that. They just I guess they couldn't find any Middle Eastern people to be on this card yet. So don't worry. In in time, maybe like a year or so that happens and then the They'll get up to speed with you know, WWE. America, we America, they just they just hated brown people after 9-11 for, for a long time. All of them. So. I mean, WWE, yeah, John Cena. They're all, coming they're out all evil. About Eddie all, every single one of them. Evil. Terrorist. Evil. <laughs> uh so we got a couple terrorists in this match here. We got Ron Killings and Sanjay Dutt versus LAX. And uh man, out of context, it's gonna sound terrible. But oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I hope no one I hope no one clips you out of context. You know, people oh, like to man. Be um, but pretty solid match here. I thought the energy, like in the beginning of the match, was really fun. It was kind of a brawl, and then you have Truth, Truth busting out a Flawsberry flop, or at least trying to. Like I can I star say press. also how yeah. shocked I was to see K Quick in here performing. Uh, what's up? What's up? The same theme Ooh. song, the same gesture, the same lyrics. I'm like, whoa! Did did he take this gimmick? To WWE, like, carbon copy? Because it's the same fucking thing. I'm like, that's crazy. I was mind-boggled when I saw that. Yeah. He was literally doing the What's Up song. No, yeah. That, this bar is for bar, bar, word for word. It's, like, still pretty new at this point, too. Maybe, like, a month or two he's been doing this. And, yeah, he would take this exact... I mean, it's his song. I guess he could take it wherever he wants. <laughs> so, and he still uses it to this day. Or, I guess, the kind of, a, a like, an instrumental version now. But, um. Yeah, and he still doesn't has an age. Still looks the same. Still does the same moves. So he's he's it's a time capsule. He was frozen in time. Ageless or wonder. Something. I don't know. Ageless wonder. K. Quick, our truth. Yeah. Sanjay that too. I mean, he's kind of. I mean, he's still around. He's he has his pencil. Oh yeah, he's, no, he's still doing he's his doing thing. Things, I mean, he can't right? wrestle anymore, but like you know, I mean, he he's still doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, this this will come out after Revolution, but I can only assume that Jarrett and Jay Lethal are going to win the tag straps, and so he still he still got success to him, right? Yeah, we <laughs> Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett winning the tag straps. Wee woo, wee woo. You know, you know the theme song. You know, I was I was thinking about it. I'm like the opening shot of the show was Jeff Jarrett, and I couldn't help thinking like Jeff Jarrett, almost 18 years later, is in AEW competing for the tag team championships on a pay per view when he's supposed to be doing backstage shit production mm-hmm. for the company he's over here competing for tag team gold i'm like bruh bruh he's, ain't he great ain't he great i mean he can still go he can still go so it's fine oh yeah he, madison rain's doing the same thing except i don't know what the fuck happened to madison rain i feel like she came into AEW and then all of a sudden just forgot how to wrestle but <laughs> <laughs> well you know you got a thousand women and only one segment per week so it is what it is i guess but um 
But Madison Rain is not in this match. Uh, we got some <laughs> our truth and uh, Dutt. She's not for LAX. another couple of years. Almost, almost, yeah. Um, but like, like I said, good match. Um, LAX kind of beats down on Killings and Dutt for a while, and then Truth gets a hot tag. He gets his spinning corkscrew elbow, and then his that does his like back handspring into a split. So he's doing all the R Truth stuff, all the classic Ron Killing stuff, and then uh, yeah, uh, Hernandez. Hernandez uh, or Sanjay Dutt does a, like a Selena Del Sol onto Hernandez and uh, hits a corkscrew Sanjay plancha. Sanjay in it in this match. I forgot how good he was in the ring. Oh, yeah. He was always Wasn't he so Desmond good. Xavier too or was that somebody else? Who was Desmond Xavier? I think that was somebody else. Was that AR? I think Fox? that was just Someone, a guy who named... Who was Desmond Xavier? I don't... I thought was that, that a I whole different was, person? I think it's, it's, it's a whole different person. Xavier. I think you I just think all name. brown people look alike. <gasps> that was Wesley. That wasn't Wesley. Stop playing. No, that was um, that was somebody else. I'm pretty sure. Maybe, maybe it was. definitely was somebody. There ain't no way Wesley wasn't. Nah, there was definitely somebody in like early. Oh, now, now I got somebody know. in early 2000s. TNA had the name like Desmond. It was Desmond Wolf. I think was his name. Women, Desmond Wolf. I'm sorry, Wait, I gotta look this up. Now, I guess it was. You're taking me back. Is it Desmond Wolf? Wow, it was Wesley. Yeah, that was Nigel McGinnis. No. Okay, thank God. I'm like, I yes. know there's a Desmond somebody <laughs> in TNA. It was it was Nigel McGinnis. Okay. Yes, a lot of Desmonds. But yeah, I, I I had no idea. I didn't really click in my mind that that Desmond exa- that was like I wasn't really watching Impact at the time when he was in there. But yeah, that was late 2000s when he came into TNA. Yeah, I was I was I was I was well out of the game at that point. Damn, um, brother, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> lots, lots. Um, aces and eights happened. Main event mafia happened. We, you know? Well, you know what? To be fair, I think everybody hated aces and eights, and that's why I started tuning out too. It was a faction that just ran for way too fucking long. They they hot shotted the, the title on Eric Young. Like there was a lot of wacky shit that was happening. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Would you think of this border toss from Hernandez, which is his uh, his his, his uh, cross power bomb that he does? I I love it. It's dangerous as fuck, but I love it. Ooh, yeah, he threw Sanjay Dutt all the way across the ring, and that's what gets LAX the win here. So, uh, pretty fun match, I thought. What do you think about it? I thought it was a fun match too. Yeah, it was definitely up until this point. That was definitely like, all right, this the shows that she's starting to pick up a little bit. We had an actual match. An actual good match. So yeah, I, I was I was like, all right, I'm getting back into this. And after that, after the match is over, I, I started making food. So I was a little in and out of the uh Team Canada promo, but I got the gist of it. I hope you didn't miss the Scott Steiner promo. Oh, I think I may have missed the Scott Steiner promo. If, that might be when I started to make food. If only I had a clip of that ready. Because this this shit is damn near it's not quite as good as Steiner math, but it's close. Let me uh, let me pop this bad. Pop Listen, this joker. My on. memory of Scott Steiner in TNA is him. It was him. I want to say Raisha Saeed. Ooh, um, yes. It might have been Raisha Saeed or somebody else. I don't know if that and was her name. Petey Williams. And yes. basically, Petey Williams was trying to be like the next Scott Steiner, and they would torture poor Petey Williams <laughs> every single fucking week until one week he came out dressed. Just like Scott Steiner doing the Steiner plex and everything, and I was like, "Hey, let's go, PD!" And then he kicked him out, and I was like, "What the fuck?" 
had the headdress. That's, that's my knowledge. <laughs> everything, everything, man. But when uh, people think of Steiner Math when they think of him, like no, I think of him and Petey Williams together. I mean, what, what, whenever Scott has the mic, I mean, it's gonna be gold. Exactly. All right, just just s- settle in because it's 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 good shit, pal. Papa Pump Scott it's Steiner like set to do battle tonight. So you call it a four-way, but everybody knows it's gonna come down to me and Sting. See, ever since I've been here, I've been my job was to take Sting out, and I've done that. But tonight's unfortunate small Joe and Christian Cage are going to be casualties of war. See, everybody knows every time that small Joe's got in the ring with me, he's half the man I am. But he starts hating on me because I call him a fat bastard. Well, don't hate on me, small Joe. Hate your parents because they gave you an extra fat soul, fat cell in your X and Y chromosome. See, but tonight's going to be easier know. than all time. He's going to be that way. Tell him so. I'm going to have a line of donuts going that way. Everybody knows he's that, fat. that some of a bitch can't deny himself a creamy crust donut. And far as Christian the Cage donut. says it's his time, his area. Christian Cage wants to take your time to go to the gym, maybe work out, eat a steak, stick man. I tell you what, it's your time to go back to Canada, the place we call Mexico North. Mexico North? <laughs> you've been playing this game of one-upmanship, but this what? game, you've been playing as checkers, and we've been playing chess. And tonight, you're going to find out how ruthless I'm going to be. Tonight... Somebody's going down in defeat, and I'm coming out the victor. Well, if you're the victor, that means Mexico North is bonkers. <laughs> what the fuck is Mexico? Just, I feel like I feel like that's racist, but like not. I don't know how to take Mexico North. I think it's I low key would have started using it, but I don't want people to think I'm like racist. So like, I guess I can't. No, I look. I'll use it with you. They can't take us both down, right? They sure can. You don't know how fucking 2023 is and Twitter is. Yes, the fuck they can. Look, Mexico North, nobody's going to be like, what? Everybody's just going to be like, yeah, what, what What the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's, it's Mexico Scott Steiner. He's just, he's a gem. You, yeah, you go eat, go eat donuts, you, you, you fat. <laughs> Double X, Y chromosomes. I'm like, all right, bro. It's just words just falling he's out just of his talking. mouth. It's, it's word soup. Well, no, word vomit. That's what it's called. Word yeah. vomit. Yes, yeah, there's nothing soupy about that, but there's soupy about Team Canada coming out here, and uh, unfortunately, this is the last we will see of Team Canada because they have just recently disbanded uh, per Jim Cornette, who is the current like GM of TNA. Team Canada mm-hmm. lost a match. It was a match where when they lost, they had oh, to I disband. So boom, did, I? <laughs> did I come out loud? Um, but yeah, so Team Canada comes out here. I guess they're goodbye. Scott Demore grabs the mic and he's he goes to Bobby Roode and he's like, "Hey, Bobby, you're the crown jewel of Team Canada. You're gonna be a future world champion." I was like, "Spot on on that, Scotty." Um, so they hug. Bobby leaves, and then uh, Scott goes to Petey. He's like, "Yeah, you you need to go back to what you were meant to do is as in that's dominate the X division." He hugs Petey, Petey leaves, and then he goes to A1. He's like, hey, you tried your best, and you're very muscular. Good job. Hugs him. He leaves. And then it's just down to Scott and Eric Young. And Scott goes to Eric. He's like, "It's just, this is all your fault. You're the reason. Your paranoia, your, your, your unworthiness has cost us, and now you're the reason that Team Canada... Is disbanding, 
And it's all, all by the way, and the crowd he made him, and then he made him strip down to his underwear. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't tell him to get on all fours and bark like a dog. I was shocked. Nobody would do that. That's just ridiculous. That wouldn't happen <sighs> on a wrestling program, especially with a woman. No, that'd be that'd be silly. That'd oh, be God. silly. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Scott's like, take your Team Canada jacket off, give it to me. Hey, those are Team Canada pants. Take those off. There's like regular black. So, track pants but no they're team canada pants take them off and then eric takes them off and uh oh oh by the way the crowd is loving eric young they're like they're chanting ey during his whole promo they're this i'm sitting here like because he's been a goofball his entire tna run that's crazy I mean, his later run, he was more serious, I believe. I mean, but. yeah, I mean, like in, in the entire in like early TNA, he was a goofball. Yeah, he was for a sure. goofball with them. Then he was a goofball by himself. Then he was a goofball with ODB, which is what I remember him so fondly for. <laughs> then he was a goofball with Shark Boy. Give me a shell, yeah. Like, oh man, he's been a goofball the entire time, but he's funny, dude. Former TNA Women's Tag Team Champion, this Eric Young. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. Never forget. They had to beat Rosita and Sarita for it, I remember. Man, I didn't know there was a Rosita and Zarita mark in the world, but I found them. I found them, folks. (laughs) Yes, you you will see me. I will will stand two fucking toes on Sarita and Rosita being one of the best acts in TNA with our respect. I'm sorry. I just will. I mean, I don't know about better than a pairing of like Winter and Angelina Love, but (laughs) that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, Team Canada's gone, I guess. And uh, Eric Young has no pants. So that, that, that was my takeaway. I don't know what yours was, but uh, that's pretty much what I got. I mean, did you, were, did you, were you invested in Team Canada at all? I know you watched early, but I think you might have gotten in right after they were a thing. Yeah, by the time, like, I think by the time I came in, I don't think Team Canada was a thing anymore. This is yeah. my first time actually seeing them in an act and they broke up so it was hard to get invested in a faction that broke up as soon as i got to know them <laughs> you weren't you weren't on the edge of your seat on this faction you didn't know existed no. that was disbanded it's, yeah. it's like oh wait i guess it didn't work out whoops why are you abusing this <laughs> why so are you excited. abusing this obviously socially awkward person into submission and disrobing him this is very awkward for me <laughs> man i when i was when i asked you to do a tna review this is probably exactly what you expected, right? A man disrobing in the middle of the ring. Yes, this is exactly what I was looking forward to. <laughs> well, it's probably more. Uh, you're probably more expecting something like an X Division title match, which is what we got next. We got the champion Senshi. I was expecting an Ultimate X match or something. Hey, you got the. Oh, what's Kaz's nickname now in AW? It's like you guessed it, Frankie Kazarian, or something stupid like that. Uh, the the uh, the elite hunter, the elite hunter, yes, the worst hunter of all time, Frankie Kazarian. This I I used, I, I still thought it was the funniest shit. This guy will literally come out and beat up members of the elite, not the more important members of the elite, but he will come out and beat up the elite, and like never get a fucking match with them. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What is the point of you attacking them if it never leads to anything? And then one day he just stopped. I'm like, oh, oh. and then he's gone. I'm like, oh, okay. got tired, <laughs> got all, got all tuckered out. <laughs> he got tired of hunting them and them not actually baiting for baiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe he's still hunting them and he's just playing the long game. 
you know, long term uh, storytelling. You know that could be it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a impact the AEW partnership somewhere in there. So mm. yeah, that, it's going great. <laughs> it's going great. Uh, but yeah, we got uh we got Senshi here facing Kazarian, who uh, is. Just I was so confused when he first came out because I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, is that that's low key? What did what is Senshi? I'm like, oh, I guess that was his name before it was low key in TNA. So like oh two oh three, he was low key in TNA, but then he left. I think he went to Japan for a while and then he came back to TNA as Senshi. And by the way, they're not like pretending it's a different guy. They're just like, oh, he adopted this Japanese name. Like Senshi means warrior, I guess, in Japanese or something. Um, So that's his thing. So and then I think he would come back like later down the line and just be Loki again. But and um, yeah, and Kazarian had a brief run. And WWE, I think he only appeared on Velocity a few times, but uh, he was there. <laughs> he was there. The future Frankie Kazarian is what he went by, is a hidden yes, gem. And uh, pretty solid match here. I mean, for X Division, I think maybe it, it's expected to be more like high flying, more fast paced. This kind of felt a little bit more of a traditional match, you know, with some really stiff kicks from Loki and chops and things like that. I mean, I always watch loving or I always love watching uh, <laughs> Senshi wrestle. Um, so I, I was happy with it. I don't know. What do you think about this one? I thought it was one of the more favorable matches I saw on the card. I mean, Loki is stiff. His kicks are great. Uh, the action from um, Christopher Daniels actually was like really cool as well. So I enjoyed this match. Kazarian. That's one of the more. It's, it's the other Kazarian. SCU guy. See, I. Got confused. I almost called him, uh, what's his name? Um, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky. Sky for a second. <laughs> almost slipped the tongue. Almost slipped the tongue, but yeah. Yes. I actually wrote down Christopher Daniels. That's actually really funny. <laughs> well, yeah. In my notes, it says low key versus Christopher Daniels. <laughs> Might as well be, right? Might as well be. Yeah, all white people look alike, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and all brown people suck. That, that's what we've come to in this <laughs> podcast. I'm glad we were able to, to solve some things. Uh, that's what you said, by the way, everybody. That's not me saying it. Um, I'm thirty. I'm thirty percent Filipino. We're kind of brown. <laughs> For emphasis. Um, but yeah, fun match. Yeah, low key. This is almost because it's weird because they kind of built it as a return for Kazarian, but it kind of felt like more of just like um, a spotlight for Senshi and. Because this is kind of they're going into a different era of the X Division. Because like I said, like Joe Daniels and AJ Styles, they have been just fighting for that title back and forth for the better part of a year so now we're finally getting into some other guys and um but yeah since she looked good here with all those kicks and chops and then ends up winning with uh the warrior's way which is a uh, coup de gras double foot stomp from the top which just looks <laughs> devastating i mean loki is uh, yeah he, he puts all that he puts all of his fucking action into these stomps he can't hold back the scream he does, it just looks savage. But uh, yeah, that gives him the win. And uh, pretty pretty good way to build Senshi, I thought. And Kazarian, he's would end up being a pretty significant part of TNA, but I don't think we're quite there yet. But No. Um, but, oh boy, <laughs> after that, we got Larry Zabisco backstage. And the... Uh, was Larry it? Z. Larry Z. Larry Z. Got that, was it, L- R- Ribera jacket? Um, he's back there with Jeremy Borash and, uh, it's cutting a promo. I mean, this is all building up to a hair versus hair match match. for Larry Z versus Raven, man. So, 
So the quick backstory is that Larry Zbysko, he was the commissioner or GM of TNA, and he essentially cost Raven the title like a year ago, maybe even more than that. And they've been feuding ever since. Raven wants Zbysko dead, and Larry's been trying to get rid of Raven. So I guess it's coming to a head here with a hair versus hair match. And uh, I don't know. Why was this match so competitive? Why was this a 50-50 match between Larry Listen, Zabisco Larry and Larry Z was in here throwing in some fucking some some fucking stiff hits. I was like, oh, wait a minute. The shooter Larry Z in here with these fucking kicks is throwing me off here. I was expecting Raven to come in here and squash him. But no, Larry, yeah. Larry's in here doing his thing. I'm like, okay, okay. Like, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah, you like his spinning toe hold? I do. I do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it tells a great story. You're a big spinning toehold guy. That's what you're notorious for. Is I, I am a I'm a I'm a big mat work guy. You know, spend spend 15 minutes of your match just working over a limb. Tell a story, brother. I guess, but I mean, I, this should have been a squash. I mean, 78 year old Larry Zabisco versus Raven, who I guess I don't know how old he is, but my phone alarm. Um, that's your Larry Zabisco alarm. That's that's your spinning yes. toehold alarm going off. Um, gotta find somebody. <laughs> Put him into submission. Uh, but yeah, Raven, of course, wins with the Raven effect. DDT. Um, the match is, is what it is. It's almost more about the aftermath. Uh, Larry, he loses. And of course, per the stipulation, has to get his head shaven. But of course, because he's a heel, he's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So he walks away. And then security just says, fuck that shit. And <laughs> brings him right the hell back out. I they were ready. Really funny. Uh, they they duct tape him to the barber's chair, which I thought was a fun little detail about that. Um, normally they like knock the guy out and they're just like dead in the <laughs> chair, but uh, he's he's resisting. But Raven begins to cut his hair, uh, even teases shaving his pubes, but he doesn't do that. So, um, so at least he still has some hair on his body. It wasn't me or did the trimmer like stop working at some point. It- it definitely did. And it felt like he was trying to struggle to get it to work. And I thought it was like, oh, one of those moments where you turn into, uh, what's his name? Stevie Wonder all of a sudden, act like you don't see it. It almost looked better <laughs> after he was done. But yeah, I guess eventually they just cut away. So I don't know if he ends up finishing it or what. But <laughs> like I said, I didn't think the match was horrible. And I was shocked it wasn't horrible. So to each their own, to each their own. But uh, I didn't think it was horrible. I mean, it was fine yeah, for man. what it was. Put some respect on Zabisco's name, man. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'm, all, all my respect, all of my respect that I have built up is towards Kevin Nash and his X Division run in TNA. Yeah, this is fucking incredible. His character, because Kevin Nash, we all know Kevin Nash. We all know who he is. He, he does mm-hmm. it for the money. He's a big man. He does minimal effort stuff. But he's this is X Division Kevin Nash, and he cuts a promo before the. Nah, the, nah. Listen, commentary. I don't know if Kevin Nash pissed in their coffee, if he shit in their bag. Commentary was coming after Kevin Nash in, the, in this match. Talk about how bad his knees are, how he's <laughs> not moving that fast. They had they had a vengeance. I'm like, damn, Kevin Nash must have pissed one of these motherfuckers off. I'm like, All right. <laughs> well, he's disrespecting the code of the X Division. So, I mean, <laughs> they were coming at him all commons. I was, I was cracking. You got to go after his bad knees. He's at what? 13 <laughs> operations. Yeah. 13. Oper- <laughs> <laughs> I got even had to mention it. 
But I mean, Nash is just here for competition. Like he, it's not about money today. It's not about money in this match. It's it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. He's here for the competition aspect. But no, we got to talk about how my boys were on opposite sides of the ring and I, my heart almost didn't take it. Moda City. Yeah, it was. That being said, though, I they, almost they could clearly, not stomach this match seeing Chris Saban and Alex Shelley on opposite sides of the ring. But you could tell that they had great chemistry just by the way they were wrestling each other because the chain wrestling they were doing in the beginning was beautiful between them. It was. I thought this was like one of my this is like my top two like favorite match on the show. If I would say yeah. One, I, I'm still debating. I'm still debating between that and the main event. I don't know which one I like more. I feel like I'm that's fair. More towards this match. I mean, there, there's a lot going on here because Nash is here. Like basically take to, Kevin Nash out of the equation and like everybody in this match was was at, doing their shit. Sir, Nash is the equation here. Okay, we're not taking Nash out of anything. <laughs> He's the man. He's the X Division superstar, Kevin Nash, who is here because Kevin Nash. Basically, his whole thing is is like, okay, TNA, what are they known for? The X Division. So if I if I conquer the X Division, that means that I conquer TNA and I make the most money. So he's like teaming up with Alex Shelley and Johnny Devine. And then they're taking out Saban and Lethal, who are like the two like biggest pillars of the X Division at this point. Um, outside of like AJ, Daniels, and Joe and all them guys. But um, so that's basically why this match is happening. And like you said, it was a solid match. I thought like the double team, even though it's weird that Saban and Shelly aren't teaming, I thought Saban and Lethal made a pretty good team here. Some of the double team stuff they were doing was pretty fluid, I thought. Yeah, Sa- Saban um, was out here doing his thing, and I was like, when oh, yeah. he won the match, I was like, hey, let's fucking go. Because Alex Shelly, I feel like, has shined the brightest out of the two. But Saban showed a lot of potential in this match. For sure. That hesitation drop kick he did off of Nash into Shelly. <sighs> Bro, it was so clean. So clean. Chef's kiss. Yeah, Saban is just... He's still great. I mean, to this day, he's still getting after it. Um, Shelly, too, I believe. It's just that he got hurt, and he was out for a long period of time, and Alex Shelly was doing singles work, and he was teaming up other people. He went to NXT. Like, I feel like Alex Shelly just made the rounds when Chris Saban was going, and that's... I feel like that's why a lot of people kind of, like, favor Alex Shelly more now than they do Chris Saban. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're both like forty now, right? Saban and Shelly, yeah, I believe so. But they're like both in like as good a shape as they've ever been. Somehow, yeah, they're I don't understand it. They're just they're just not as fast anymore. That's all. Yeah, I mean, Saban Saban's had about as many operations as Nash had at, at this point. So, um, but he's, he's moving a hell of a lot faster than Nash was here. But, um. They like in the match they double team Nash. There's like a uh, like lethal comes off the top with the headbutt, and then Saban follows right up with a top rope leg drop, and that gets rid of Nash out of the equation. And then Saban and Shelly kind of jockey for position for a little bit, and then Saban eventually rolls up Shelly for the quick win. But uh, the paparazzi attacks after, which of course is the faction of Nash, uh, Shelly, and Divine, and Jerry Lynn comes out to make the save to help out Saban. And Jay Jerry. Lethal. Jerry, 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 the pioneer of the X Division, this Jerry Lynn. So um, and he's like an agent at this point in TNA, but he like takes his badge and throws it on the ground. It's all dramatic. He's like, I'm, I'm a wrestler now. I'm not a backstage guy. It's like, OK, Jerry, calm down. I remember that storyline in like 2000s TNA where I don't want I don't want to say it was Earl Hebner, but one of the referees went rogue and took the shirt off and started wrestling people a couple times. What, what, what was that? 
I don't know, it was a but crazy ass storyline. That sounds exactly like TNA. So I I fully believe you that that was a thing. I was invested in that storyline as a kid. I I don't blame you. It sounds something worth getting invested in. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what the Dudleys are invested in is violence, because they are here to. Uh, first of all, they cut this promo. I don't know if you caught their promo before the match. I did violence. Vi- I almost like bro, shut the fuck up. I heard you the first <laughs> eighteen times you said it. Jesus well, it's about Christ. violence. So he he kind of wants to emphasize that it's if about you didn't violence. get it the first time, yeah. He just buries Bullet Bob Armstrong, BG James's dad. He's like, he's got one foot in the grave and one foot in the gutter. It's like, goddamn, Bubba, it's a little stiff there. Listen, they had my boy Spike Dudley. I don't fucking care what they call him in TNA, brother Run or some brother shit. Runt. They had Spike Dudley in the fucking match, and that's all that matters. Brother One Runt. of the best ragdolls in all of professional wrestling. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah, it's a um, a six man tag team match. I guess it's no DQ. So we got the t- we got Team 3D, the team of Brother Devon, Brother Ray, and Brother Runt, brother, versus Abyss and the James Gang, aka the New Age Outlaws. And um, I mean, this is a. F- I mentioned earlier how ECW is being uh, relaunched at this point. And I think this is kind of like the Dudleys are like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'll show you what ECW is. So there's a ton of plunder in this match. They, at some point they like take a break that the James gang does to, to drink some beer in the middle of the match. There's trash cans, your money origins. There we go. There we go. This is where it all started. Even though there was no Bobby Roo, Bobby free was in a wrong fucking faction tonight. Well, not, not anymore. Now, now he's gone. So maybe now, now that that's the transition, there we go. It's long term. Um, but yeah, well, I thought this was a pretty fun brawl for what it was. What'd you think about it? Yeah, it was, it was a fun little skirmish. Nothing too crazy. Skirmish is a great word. That's exactly what this was. A skirmish. Um, there's um <laughs> runt. There's a funny moment where abyss tags in and then brother runts like, ah, give me him. So he gets tagged in. And of course, fucking Spike Dudley can't do anything to Abyss. He like just tries to do a crossbody and just bounces right off of him. Um, but Bubba and Abyss go at it for a bit, and then it all breaks down. They like fight up the aisle way. There's trash cans. There's um, Runt does like a double stomp off the stage onto Abyss, who's on the floor. Uh, the staple gun gets brought into the equation as per any no disqualification match. You got to bring in a staple gun. Uh, one fan brought a, a sign that says ECW fears TNA. Nah. <laughs> Bubba grabs it. <laughs> he, he shows it to the camera and then he staples that sign to Abyss's face. Well, he attempts to because he missed the first two times. Well, he had to try a few times, but he got it, I think, for a well, little I guess, bit. I, guess, I don't want to say he missed. Abyss was just sweaty and he has a mask on, so... I mean, and this is I, around the time when I think WWE was sending out feelers to Abyss because they wanted him to like wrestle The Undertaker at like WrestleMania 23. So, like, yeah, Abyss, he was he was a hot commodity, he, he was a very wanted man. Yeah, I'm surprised he never went to w- I guess he's done WWE now, but I'm surprised at the height of his run because he seems like tailor made for it. But I guess maybe he's he's a bigger fish in a smaller pond in TNA, maybe that's what he wanted. I don't know. And I think like from the interview he did, he didn't go to TNA because he he saw like 
at that time TNA was possibly going to take off soon and he kind of wanted to be like you know the the one still on board for the takeoff like be like a TNA original so that's why he stayed instead of going to WWE because he almost was guaranteed to have a match with The Undertaker at 07 but he didn't take I mean he was going to lose regardless but still yeah it's one of those big what ifs yeah, Undertaker's opponents didn't really have a great track record, like Heidenreich and um, who else? Like, but just Greg imagine and- having a company where Kane and Abyss exist at the same time. That is fucking crazy. It's like the Spider-Man meme where they're just pointing at each other. It's like who's who, right? <laughs> would have been something. That would have been. It would have. Uh, been. That's one of those matches. Yeah. Um, but he's here. He's destroying everybody in this match. Um, although his his dick and balls get assaulted at some point by a kendo stick by Bubba right before they do the waza headbutt. And then uh, the waza. They don't do it, though. That kind of pissed me off in this match. The I mean, they do the headbutt, but they don't do the waza. Uh, <laughs> and that's where all the power comes from, I think. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was a little disappointed. Uh, James Gang, they 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 pull out the table. They're they're turning the tables on the Dudleys, and um, they set up a table. They tried to 3D, I believe Bubba threw the table, but Devon moves the table out of the way. They fight back and forth. They both the the Dudleys and the James Gang, they both get to the outside, and then it just leaves <laughs> Brother Runt and Abyss in the ring. Runt tries to do the acid drop onto Abyss through the table. But Abyss catches him and hits a black hole slam kind of through the table for the win. So uh, kind of through uh, the table. It was because he like landed on the table and then Abyss like shoves him like through it and then it breaks. So I guess it counts. But um, see, Abyss and the New Age Outlaws get the win here. And uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? I thought it was a fair skirmish, like I said earlier. I don't think there's too much uh, bad on it. A brouhaha, I, perhaps. I, there was a lot more I had to add to the match that came after it. Because you're a well-known Sorelda, Mark, right? Yes, she was my favorite TNA knockout of the star-studded roster of Gil Kim, Awesome Kong, <laughs> Taylor Wilde, Angelina uh-huh. Love, Velvet Sky, you name it. Out of all of them, Sorelda was just, she just stood out, man. She, nobody can compete. Nobody I'm going to tell compete. you that. All, at this point in 06, the women's wrestling roster is all in this match. <laughs> it's literally just those two. I, I, I could tell. And then I also could tell it was not the same knockouts division that I saw when I started watching because I I was I was appalled at how Gil Kim was wrestling in this match. Cause Homegirl was talking mad shit on WWE when she left. Yeah. Only to come in TNA and do the same fucking thing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> My first, notes. but I mean, it changed for the better, like a year later. So that's that's good. But yeah, we're almost there. Especially but. especially that one spot where she lands on James Storm's crotch, and then the other dude, like, I'm like, what? My my first note, my first note on this match that I have written down is Gail Kim gets spit roasted. So yeah, that's where we're at. They, they that's treated where we're at. her like a dog in this match, bro. She did get some offense in, though, to be fair, even though there, it's clearly like she's the lesser, like it's just the time period we're in. Unfortunately, she got a few like she did. She had AJ and an octopus stretch pop up her and Conrana to Christopher Daniels. 
She, she, her and James Storm do the double team death sentence move on the Daniels. So she got some shine in this match, which is, um, I mean, for this time period, that's way more than you would generally see from the women. Um, and her and her and Sorelda kind of went at each other for a little bit, but Sorelda, I mean, she, what did you think of Sorelda? Because I thought she was solid, and I'm surprised I hadn't really heard of her before this. I thought she was uh she was she was she was okay. I wasn't like super impressed by her. Also, like I don't feel like she did a lot in this match. I feel like a lot yeah. of it was AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. The very little she got involved, you know what I mean? Like she had some good offense in there with Gail Kim and James Storm, but other than that, like she was okay. And if I don't feel like I saw enough of her to really say like, oh, you know, I was impressed or anything. So Yeah. She had a presence to her. She's a she's a big strong lady. Yeah, that much I can say. Like she was, she was built. She was built. She she reminds me of um, what's her name from back in the day? Nicole Bass, I believe it was. She was like this da, big muscular yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Sorelda, so she won the gut check, which is like TNA's tough enough, and um, she debuted as Sorelda. And I mean, there's no knockouts division. There's no title, so I guess there's not really much for her to do. So I guess maybe just by the nature of when she popped up in TNA, I don't think she really was able to do much. And she eventually she just faded away. She must have left like very soon after they fired her because I don't ever remember seeing her in like latter TNA at all. Unless she came back under a different name. Nah, her Wikipedia is pretty much, <laughs> it's just this. She might have done some independent stuff after this. But um, yeah, this is definitely the peak of her career. But which is surprising because she has a look to her. Um, but I don't know. It's never worked out for her, but um, and I should mention, I don't even know if I mentioned it. This is a, a world tag team title match, but it's a six person match. So we got the champions who are AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels teaming up with Sorelda versus America's Most Wanted and Gail Kim. Um, yeah, very interesting how that played out. So you, I guess you're probably not familiar with AMW, right? No. Based on when you were watching. Because they, um, I mean, they're they're like a Mount Rushmore of TNA type tag team. I mean, they were huge in the early days. A&W. Trigger my mind. A&W. It's familiar, though. America's Most Wanted, the team of Chris Harris and James Storm. James Storm would go on to do. I mean, he's still yeah, going at it, I think. Uh, like, I remember James Storm from Beer Money, but not America's Most Wanted, no. Like, when I saw them come out, I knew instantly that was James Storm. But, but it, yeah. yeah, it was his original tag team. Um, like I said, big in the early days, but, um, this is so kind like of what happened that they broke up and he ended up aligning with, uh, Bobby Roode. So they, they kind of teased it in this match a little bit. So the, they did like an interview before the match and, uh, you know, James Storm always like brings beer bottles and stuff to the ring, but Chris Harris is like, Hey, leave the beer back here. We're not We don't need that in this match. And James Storm just brings it anyways. So there's already like some dissension as they're coming out, like in their entrance, and then, like, as the match goes on, eventually Storm tries to hit AJ Styles with the beer bottle, but AJ ducks and Storm almost hits Harris. And Harris is like, come on, man, I told you not to bring that. Like, you almost cost us the match. And they're arguing. And then um, the end of the match, which I was kind of confused at what happened. So um, so James Storm rolls up AJ into, like, an O'Connor roll, but then AJ counters it and rolls up Storm. But then Storm, or sorry, AJ kicks Storm off of him. And then Chris Harris like throws a chair from the outside into the ring, I guess, expecting AJ to be there. But Storm was there. So essentially, Harris hit Storm with a chair 
and then AJ rolls up Storm to get the win. So basically, there, there's uh, miscommunications and stuff like that. And I think eventually, I forget how the breakup happens. I assume somebody gets hit with a beer bottle or something. But um, yeah, this, this is towards the end of their run as a tag team for sure. But um, yeah, AJ and Daniels get the win here and retain their tag team titles. And uh, but I, as far as the match goes, I thought this was probably one of the better matches of the of the card. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was definitely one of the better matches. I did slightly like the uh, the tag team earlier more than this, but it was it was still a, a, a good match. For sure, for sure. But uh, man, that brings us to the main event. We got a fatal four way number one contendership match. We got Sting. Versus Samoa Joe versus Christian Cage versus Scott Steiner. So the winner of this match will go on to hard justice to uh, challenge the current champion, Jeff Jarrett, for the NWA title. A decent amount of backstory here. We got Samoa Joe, who is undefeated at this point. He's been in TNA for a little over a year, and he's just recently broke out of the X Division. So this is his. this is really his first big time main event of a pay-per-view in the heavyweight division. Scott Steiner, pretty new to the scene in TNA, has still yet to lose. And uh, Sting also has not lost. So we got a couple of undefeated guys in this match. And we got Christian, who was the previous NWA champion. So they all got their stake to claim for uh, being the number one contender. And that's why we have this match. But uh, the match, match itself is pretty solid. I mean, nothing... Personally, I didn't think it was anything that blew my asshole out of the water. But uh, I mean, in general, it was cool to see these guys facing off against each other because there was a there's a, there a lot of first time meetings in this match. But uh, the match itself, they kind of pair off in the beginning. They're fighting all over the impact zone. That's generally how these things go. Uh, but a few a few minutes into the match, maybe five, six, seven minutes into the match, a cameraman gets into the ring. And he sprays some sort of liquid into the face of Sting, blinding the icon. Uh, the cameraman takes his hat and his glasses off or whatever, and it reveals that it's Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff Jarrett has uh, got in there to try to cost Sting the match. Commentary was playing it off like it was gasoline, which it didn't really look, <laughs> look like gasoline. I mean, I guess... Sure, maybe. I mean, whatever. But uh, yeah, so Sting has gas in his face and um, the medical staff takes the stinger out of there to kind of flush out his eyes, I guess. So it really becomes a triple threat match for a bit after that. And we get the really my only note here was we get that famous spot where <laughs> famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it, where um, Scott Steiner tries to bash Christian's head into the apron, but <laughs> Steiner doesn't follow through. With the smash and Christian basically just smashes his own head into the apron. It's it's a classic fucking TNA spot. That's hilarious. Um, but we get Joe trying to suplex Scott Steiner off the apron through a table. But Scott Steiner counters into a DDT on the apron and then sets Joe on the table and hits an elbow drop off the apron through the table through Samoa Joe. So we got some uh, we got Scott Steiner throwing it all on the line in this match. Progresses a little farther in this match. And then we get Mummy Sting returning <laughs> to the match. Has his whole, like half his face is wrapped in tape. 
his eyes completely covered. But he pretty much immediately just gets in there and gives Scott Steiner the Scorpion Death Drop and pins him, gets the win. So uh, Sting, one eye and all, becomes the number one contender for Jeff Jarrett's NWA title. And um, yeah, that's about it. Christian, you know, he's still kind of conflicted about how he feels because he still thinks he's owed that title shot. And he almost walks away from Sting, but then he goes back and shakes some shakes Sting's hand. And uh, that's where the show ends. But uh, yeah, man, all in all, what do you think of this thing? I thought the match was really good. Um, I'm still a little bit in between off I like this or the tag team match with Saban, Shelly, Nash, and Jay Lethal. I, I probably would say the tag team match, but no, this is a good match. Sting won, Sting and Jared in the future. I mean, it's definitely peak TNA when you're talking about Sting and Jeff Jared and all these other guys mixed in from WWE. But no, I enjoyed the match, and I enjoyed the show yeah, overall. For sure. I mean, we saw that in AW, I think, not too long ago, Sting versus Jeff Jarrett. So some things never change, I guess. Exactly. Oh, habits die hard. But yeah, man, that was Victory Road 2006. I mean, did this meet your expectations for a, for a full TNA show from this era? I didn't have any expectations going into the show. I mean, I like I said, I watched TNA from 07 to 2011. So I didn't really know what to expect going into like earlier TNA. I just knew to expect some of the names that were already there. So I had my expectations set pretty low, and I would say it, it it exceeded them, not to like a startling degree where it's like, damn, now I want to go back and watch every single show from 2006, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it delivered for the most part, you know, offer some new flavor in there, different flavor from the TNA that I know now and the TNA that I knew before. So yeah, overall, I'll give the show like a, a for sure. six and a half, seven out of 10. Seven, 7.5 maybe because of Scott Steiner and uh, Kevin Nash, I think. I think they bump it up a little bit. Maybe seven. Um, but <laughs> what is not a seven and a quarter, what is a 10 out of 10 is suplex. Uh, once again, man, thank you for uh, making some time to check out the show and come on, talk about it. where can everybody find you and uh, check out all your content? Yeah, well, I, I like to think people already know, you know, suplex S O O P L E X on TikTok and S O O P L E X X on Instagram, on Twitter, on just about every other platform, YouTube as well as S-O-O-P-L-E-X. You know, I already covered wrestling and all that stuff. Also talking about movies and TV shows. So that's where you guys can find me. And big shout out to you for having me on your show, Apron Bump. I definitely think that you have a really bright future in podcasting. You have a really nice voice. You have really good storytelling. The way you segue into things is like really pristine. You know, when I have my... um, when I have Superplex up and running as a network, I might have to reach back out to you. Absolutely. You could host it on Discord, and then maybe it'll be smoother, right? Maybe. I don't know, man. I, I mentioned Discord <laughs> like three times, and you were adamant to not use it. I don't know what Discord did to you, but I, I promise you. I don't, have it, I don't have it downloaded. I would have to figure it out. It would have been a whole thing. You were thing adamant to not use Discord band. this whole time. Listen, man. <laughs> Discord. Discord is like the Sorelda of audio, you know? Once again, thank you to Tyler Suplex for joining me on today's show. I had a great time with uh, my boy Soup. We call, I call him Soup sometimes. Uh, I don't. But uh, yeah, we had a, we had a bit of uh, we, had a, we had our fair share of technical difficulties throughout this show. Um, so hopefully that didn't really come across as you were listening, um, especially there towards the end. It was kind of 
Riverside, I use Riverside to record my podcasts. Let me tell you this, Riverside, if you're listening, eat my hairless ass, Riverside. It's been uh, very buggy <laughs> for my past couple episodes. Uh, so Team StreamYard for now is the hardest part of the ring. Uh, but that aside, uh, great episode. I had a fun time. And uh, check out Suplex all, all on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace. Um, what was that one everybody was trying to get on when they thought Twitter was ending? Uh, Hoot, uh, Owl, Owl, uh, Cavernous. Um, I, don't, I don't even remember. Um, but I'm sure he's there too, wherever that is. And uh, Apron Bump, follow me as well. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, why don't you throw this, throw daddy a like, subscribe, share the podcast, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your dog. Let them know where you can hear some deep discussion about Elix Skipper and other stuff. So uh, with that... That's about all Daddy has for you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate you all. Have a lovely rest of your day and the rest of all your days. That's so weird. Uh, I was kind of threatening how that came out. I didn't mean it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna end the <laughs> I'm gonna end the show now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. I'm hard.